Hello there. Okay, before we get going, I hope by now you know the drill that this multi-award winning podcast is all about online dating and everything that comes with that, which obviously in many cases includes sex. So we will be having some rather frank discussions about sexual topics and also there may be some naughty language creeping into the discussion from time to time. So please forgive any of our potty mouths and bear in mind that this podcast may not be suitable for everybody but please don't go away we're really glad you're here welcome to accidentally milf online dating adventures after 50 with me angel bliss this is the award-winning podcast where you'll hear all the intimate details of my most outrageous dating exploits as a slightly chubby British woman living in Los Angeles who is over the age of 50 and decided not to let convention dictate my dating choices. <laughs> oh, right, so joining me is my very special guest and if you listen to episode one you already know that he was my very first tinder date he did a spread in playgirl oh yes and he go-go danced in the gay bars of hollywood as a straight man and he wrote a movie about a guy whose penis vanished in the night and reappeared as a human the next day to sabotage his love life. He is the one and the only Johnny Tooties. And also in the studio is the gorgeous sound engineer Richard. And Sex on Leg studio producer Freddie. Ooh, that's a big cheer. I know, Richard loves pushing those buttons. Oh, thank you all you AmFam gang for being here. I actually couldn't probably do this unless there were all these people here encouraging me. And I can't wait to tell you (laughs) about my third online date. Oh my goodness. It's another cracker. As you already know, I expected to struggle to get a decent match as I was over 50 and uh, rather amply proportioned, but oh boy, was I wrong. (laughs) Within days of signing up on a dating site, I had an array of drop-dead gorgeous-looking matches who all seemed really keen to meet me. What surprised me the most... (laughs) was that the vast majority were a good 20 years younger than me. I'd have no idea how to use the age settings, so I just picked men that I thought were attractive. I'd later learn that I was apparently classified as a MILF. Fancy that, yes. And honestly, it was by accident and not design. I had never considered going out with somebody younger. But I was at a stage in my life where I just thought, why the heck not? Who decides what's conventionally appropriate anyway? I mean, what could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Well, sometimes, as I found out, a lot can go wrong. But I also found out that a lot can go right too. So with that as the backdrop, the idea for this podcast was born. As all of my friends were completely intrigued by what I was doing and persuaded me to tell the stories to the world. And I really, I cannot believe that I've actually agreed to do this because some of them really are excruciatingly embarrassing. Anyway, 
I'm doing this in the hope that it will be part inspirational in that other people who find themselves in the position that I was in might just take the leap and dive into those choppy dating waters after 50 and part cautionary. I mean, I was just, I was so green and I made a ton of mistakes. So I'm hoping that anyone who does take that leap can learn from the years of mistakes that I've made so that they don't have to repeat them. Mostly though, I'm just hoping that you'll all be able to have a really good laugh, often at my expense. (laughs) Men are going to learn about the perspective of women from what I'm going to be sharing with you. And us girls are going to get a great insight into that complex world of the male data's mind from my very open and frank discussions here with Johnny. He's possibly one of the most experienced daters in the history of the world and he's got some incredible insights and really hilarious stories to tell. Later on, Johnny's going to be telling us about the perils of kissing fake lips and I'm going to be telling you all about my date with possibly the sexiest stand-up comedian in the whole wide world who was about seven feet tall with luscious long locks and a filthy sense of humour. Here's a sneak peek. Fake lips, like they look like they're big and juicy and plump and that they'd be very soft and pillowy. But they're not. They feel like hardened, like chicken fat. And halfway through the movie, he got up and went to the bathroom. And he was gone quite a while. (laughs) And I was sitting there like, what's he doing? And then I heard water running water. And I thought, he's having a shower. That's really bizarre. So he opened the bathroom door, popped his head out, and with a cheeky grin on his face said... Would you like to join me in the shower? Okay, before we get going, I just need to let you know that it's an absolutely boiling hot night here in Los Angeles. So we're actually going to go and record this outside. So apologies if you hear the odd cricket flying around or dogs barking or planes passing over, but it's just way too hot to be in the studio tonight. Rich has just told me that crickets don't fly. <laughs> <laughs> so if they rub the back, they rub the back legs together, though, don't they? That's what makes that horrible squeaky noise, isn't it? But they don't fly. <laughs> okay, so the third date I'm going to tell you about is one I had with a stand-up comedian. He was gorgeous, tall, black, and had really long locks. And one thing you're going to learn about me is that I love a man with long hair. I like long hair on men. Richard, you've got long hair. Yeah. <laughs> I like Richard's long hair. No, it's nice. I know he's keeping it hidden today. Yeah, <laughs> stuffed it in his hat. But um, yeah, so he's a black guy, 20 years younger than me. But he's a stand-up comedian. Because if you go to go, if you go out with a comedian, they're going to be full now, aren't they? They're going to like. Crack a few gags, no? Have you been with a bearded man before? Uh, uh, my ex-husband used to grow a bit of a goatee sometimes. Oh, Johnny okay. sat, has this thing. He'd said this thing to me once and it really yeah, made me laugh, but it's so good. No, he, <laughs> he said he loves it in the summertime and when he grows out a beard because... The well, following day, go on, tell us, tell us the oh, story. This is so gross. I mean, it's flavor saver. <laughs> you get the, you could smell. It retains the woman's scents and juices from uh, the next day. Yeah. Like ew. It's just kind of there. It's like a sponge for them jaculate. 
So there we go. So uh, have I been out with anyone with a beard? Uh, not really that I can... No, I don't think I have. I'm not... I, I just feel like there's too much wildlife, like, potential for... I think it's scratchy. Um... Yeah. So I'm not really a fan. You're going to have to sniff it now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I don't want to smell some other woman's vaginal well, cheese. trail of ev- evidence. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Anyway, okay, so date number three. I had high hopes, but low expectations. One of the really embarrassing things about this date is that I accidentally super-liked him. Super-liking somebody... I would never recommend that you do that with anybody. It's basically when you let them know in advance of them deciding whether to swipe on you that you've already swiped right on them, so you super like them. But I just think energetically it just puts you at a real disadvantage because it makes you seem like you're desperate. Anyway, I did it on him accidentally, and as soon as I swiped on him, he'd already chosen me anyway. And I didn't have the heart to say, uh, by the way, you know, that super like, um, it was a mistake, because I thought I didn't want to hurt his ego. So I had an open mind, um, 20 years younger than me, and he was a stand-up comedian, so I thought, at least he's going to be funny. So I was actually really looking forward to meeting him. So he's from New Orleans, very exotic, and apparently has got 13 brothers and sisters, and he used to have a taco stand in Hollywood. And it was actually his birthday on the day of our date so I stopped on the way and I bought him a big bunch of sunflowers because I thought that might be quite sweet to do I don't know whether it was a good thing or not anyway uh, this was me on the way to the date I <laughs> just giggle because I know what's coming and I know that you know what's coming and it's kind of like a bit of a repeating pattern this isn't it but hello <laughs> once more I'm on my way to meet a new date. This is somebody that I met on Tinder a long time ago, actually, probably like a good two months ago. It's like, oh, how embarrassing and humiliating that I super liked him. Anyway, he looks like a big rasta and he's um, a 33, today he's 33 and he's a stand-up comedian as well as being um, a cannabis activist. He's been really respectful. There's been no sauciness at all. He's been very, very non-pushy. But the funny thing about him was that I asked him for the clips of his comedy so I could have a look. And um, he sent me this kind of benign, not benign, but this thing, a voiceover he did over a clip. And I thought, that's not stand-up comedy. So I searched for it myself and I found some of his stand-up routine. And it's absolutely very, very funny but absolutely filthy. So I know why he didn't send it to me. And actually, I thought that was actually really funny that he didn't send me the clips because they were really dirty. And so I've got quite a good measure of him from seeing his comedy clips. But I think he's really bright, obviously funny and clever. We're meeting in a bar, so it's not gonna be any funny business. Um, and I think I'll come away from it liking him. Oh, I hope I'm right. I think it's going to be fun. I just love the way that all of these things, all of these experiences are stories. And each one, it's like, I'm, I'm really keen to know what the end result's going to be. I'm kind of really glad that this is happening and I'm really grateful that I've, I've got the balls to do this. Um, and 
yeah, I've got the confidence to drive into the centre of Hollywood and meet some stand-up comedian that tells rude jokes. Who's 20 years younger than me. I don't feel like a burning need to have a boyfriend or to meet someone or to find the one. I'm just enjoying like meeting different people right now. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I think this guy's gonna be interesting and nice. And what more can you hope for really? Or, or expect or wish for? So I shall report back. See you later, bye. Okay, so I was meeting him in this bar and I walked in there and he looks extremely distinctive, obviously because of the massive long locks, which were actually propped up on the top of his head. So I was no mistaking that the guy sitting in the back of the room was my date. So I went over to him and he stood up and gave me a sweet little kiss, uh, got me a drink, sat down and he was so shy. It was like, it was like he was a bit dumbfounded really with me and once again I had a repeat of what I had when I met Johnny he looked so young he was 33 and he looked 33 like what on earth was I expecting he seemed totally overwhelmed that I had a bunch of sunflowers for him but I thought that was quite a sweet thing and the other thing he kept doing all night was kind of like putting his elbows on his legs um, and kind of rocking forward and I didn't understand what that was about at all. I was a bit freaked out about how young he looked and I think he might have been freaked out by how old I looked. I don't know but I couldn't he didn't say anything and so the whole of the date was me just asking him questions like I was doing an interview with him or something. I mean he was very sweet but he didn't crack any gags. I mean maybe that whole that the whole thing about comedians not actually being that funny in real life is true I don't know but he was so kind of repressed um still sweet but repressed and like it, it, it the conversation did not flow apart from me just asking him questions and then we walked out of the bar and um he bought a new car and he said do you want to see my car I was like yeah okay we walked past this light shop and we stood outside the light shop poking fun at the terrible light fittings in the shop and actually that was quite fun um, we did get quite a rapport going about these dodgy light fittings then we sat in his car talking and then while we were in the car he did that rocking thing again where he, <laughs> where he put his elbows on his legs and leaned forward and I thought what's going on I hadn't a clue so I came away from the date thinking that he was sweet, but I, I didn't think that he was interested in me at all. I thought I'm probably just too old for him. We had a pleasant conversation, but I really didn't expect to hear from him again. And I learned one thing from that experience, and it was to never assume anything. There was a massive twist about to come, but I had no idea. Anyway, this is how dejected I felt on the way home. But stand by for a bit of a shocker afterwards. Days, it's, all it's now, it's one o'clock in the morning. I met him at quarter to 10, 10, 11, 12, 1. I was with him for three hours. Um, he asked me where I was from. That was the only question that he asked me. The whole of the conversation was me 
asking him about him and his stand-up and his comedy and his this and his that. So I've learned a lot about the guy. It was quite sweet, really. When somebody shows zero interest in knowing anything about me, it doesn't really make me feel very attractive, if I'm honest. I liked him and I wanted it to work, I wanted it to be nice, but we had a good hug at the end, that was nice. I think he liked his flowers, his birthday flowers. He said I looked lovely at the beginning. That was it really. I don't think that's going to be my last first date, somehow. I think there'll be more. So keep I'll keep you posted. All right, bye. You and me will be all right. But my mood was about to change for the better. Because when I got home, we had a text exchange that I really was not expecting. So Richard and I are going to relive the exchange for you right now. It started off with me saying... Thanks for a lovely night. I enjoyed meeting you. I just got home and already have my PJs on. Go on, Richard, your turn. Thank you. I enjoyed meeting you too. I spent the whole night trying to hide my erection. <laughs> I had no idea. That's what that rocking thing was that he was doing with his elbows and bending over. But the funny thing was, I didn't actually see that text. I just missed it when it came in. And then 10 minutes later, my phone beeped again. And I think he must have thought I was annoyed at what he just said, because then he said... Sorry, I was just trying to be funny. So then I saw it and I replied, Sorry I missed the text and sorry I missed the erection. I didn't think you were into me that way. I was just trying to be a gentleman. You were a good actor. I wanted to put my face in between your breasts, but that would have been inappropriate. <laughs> so I said, It's so boring when we have to be appropriate. <laughs> so that was the start so I'd completely got it wrong it was a complete misunderstanding he did like me and uh, so two days later we arranged to meet again um, and here's what I recorded on the way to the second date good evening hi <laughs> here we go again um, it's now um, two days later and we're meeting again. Oh my goodness. Going to his house um, and he was getting a movie in for us to watch. <laughs> um, and he said he'd wear his cute underwear. So I said I'd wear mine. Anyway, I just want to say I'm really enjoying my life at the moment. Well, they don't have to be exclusive. You don't have to be in a committed relationship with somebody in order to enjoy their company and enjoy being with them. It feels really life affirming and life enriching. I think as long as you're careful and as long as you guard your heart and you pick very carefully, it doesn't always involve sleeping with people. Uh, and I will give you an update later on this one. Okay, hopefully you'll ask me a few questions this time. 
I think he was just like ultra, ultra shy. All right, see you later. Bye. You are never going to believe what happened when I got to his apartment. Oh dear. Find out right after this very quick break while we get a few messages from our sponsors. See you in a minute. Nowadays it's all gone. We would love you to join our Accidentally Mill family, the AmFams. Please visit our website at accidentallymilf.com where you're going to find links to all of our socials as well as some hints and tips and even a shop where you can bag some goodies as well as lots of other information. Let's build a fun and supportive community of AM fans on Facebook and at accidentallymilf.com. Okay, coming up, you'll find out what happened when I got to his apartment. But first, Johnny, I just want to ask you, have you ever gone out with someone who was totally shy, who just didn't communicate with you in the first date like that guy did with me? I, I've been out with plenty of people who have terrible conversations who, who don't understand the concept of a conversation and wherein, as it's a volley, right. like badminton volley, where you yeah. lob it back. And that's the most egregious on the dating apps where... Right. People don't understand to ask a question after they give an answer. Right. Like, yeah, I'm guilty of that sometimes, but yeah. that's only when I have no you're interest not interested. in having a, I know, I do that, yeah. And I try to just dead things right there, but a lot of people just... They're, like, a hallmark of a great date is seamless conversation, where you can talk, you don't have to think about what to say next, and right. there's no bullshit canned questions, yeah. like, what's your favorite color? Yeah. Uh, how many siblings do you have is yeah. one of my... Uh, I hate it. Yeah. Like, I don't... I have siblings. I don't care how many I have. Why would you care? You're a stranger. Like, why do you yeah. give a fuck how many I have? Yeah. It's a it's a question meant to keep the conversation going, which I, I guess is good that you want to keep the conversation going. But just speak normally. Like, ask yeah. <laughs> ask stuff you give a shit about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. I got to his apartment and he got some food and drinks in for me and he was really sweet, he was still very shy and we sat on his bed and we watched, it was like a little studio apartment and we watched this movie and halfway through the movie he got up and went to the bathroom and he was gone quite a while <laughs> and I was sitting there like, what's he doing? And then I heard water, running water <laughs> He's having a shower, that's really bizarre. So he opened the bathroom door, popped his head out, and with a cheeky grin on his face, said, would you like to join me in the shower? And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. I was like, well, I had a shower before I came. <laughs> so he had a shower on his own and he came out and it was super awkward after that and we sat and we watched the rest of this movie, him wearing his little bathrobe. He said, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you there. I just thought you might like to join me. I was like, well, I will one day. Um, but date number two is a bit fast for that. Um, so he, it was all cool. And we watched the rest of the movie, had a bit of a kiss and a cuddle. <laughs> I went home. He sent me a nice text saying, I really want to see you again. I was like, yeah, that'll be, that'll be cool. We'll set something up. And then... I saw that two days later he had a gig, a comedy gig. And I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll go and surprise him. So I didn't tell him that I was going to go to his gig. Got myself a ticket, went down there, 
got a seat close to the back, kind of hid behind the person who was in front of me because obviously I didn't want him to see me. I was really nervous. I thought, I'll just go and see him after the show. I didn't want to put him off and make him think that, oh, I'm there to suss him out or whatever. I got on stage and he started his routine. It was filthy, as usual. Then he started talking about this fat English woman that he'd had a couple of nights ago. And he literally spent five minutes going into graphic detail about having sex in his shower with a fat English woman with an enormous ass. And when I say graphic detail, it was... I mean, that guy's imagination is off the charts. I mean, he obviously, in his mind, had had the wildest sex of his life in that shower that night, and he was regaling the crowd in the comedy club at my expense. I was mortified. The wobbly breasts, the wobbly ass, the wobbly pussy lips. I mean, really, every single gory detail of what didn't actually happen. But, oh my goodness, I thought this guy was shy, but not on the stage he wasn't shy. And his imagination was stupendously brilliant. So I skulked off without saying hi to him because I was just far too embarrassed to let him know that I'd witnessed all of that and I really didn't know what to think. On the way home, I started thinking about it. Not only had he talked about the wobbly ass and wobbly this and wobbly that, but he'd also said that this woman had fake everything, fake hair, fake teeth, fake lips. I don't have anything fake. So then I began to wonder, did he sleep with another English woman? So when I got home, there was a text from him asking me if I'd enjoyed the show. Oh, my God. He'd spotted me in the crowd. And then he said, you know, I just make things up to be funny on stage, don't you? You know, none of that was about you. And I thought, oh, yeah, he's a comedian. It's showbiz. So he arranged to take me out for dinner the following night. And guess what? We ended up seeing each other for about a year and a half and we're still really good friends now. And in case you're wondering, yes, of course I got in the shower with him eventually. Duh. <laughs> okay, one thing that's been bugging me um, since that whole date story uh, was the fact I was so traumatised when I went to that comedy show and he was accusing me of having fake boobs, fake lips, fake teeth and everything. And I really don't have anything fake. Um, and I'm beginning to wonder whether I should actually have my lips done because I wouldn't mind it, really. Johnny, what's it like to kiss lips that have been augmented unnaturally? Fake lips, like they look like they're big and juicy and plump and that they'd be yeah. very soft and pillowy. But they're not. They feel like hardened, Ew. like chicken fat. They're Ew. very, very rubbery. Fake lips. If you kiss fake Ew. lips, they're very rubbery. Like uh, apart Ew. from like the initial half a millimeter of flesh, it's just all solid Ew. underneath. And that's why they have that permanent trout pout with the. Yeah, mm. it's horrible. It's horrible. It's the, isn't it? And so when you see fake lips, I want you to imagine them as being solid not right. as being soft like lips should be right you know, but watch the answer though because i got really thin i don't like my no yours aren't that thin no yours aren't They're that horrible thin. some some girls i've seen with thin and then they get a bad uh gum to tooth ratio gum to tooth where they have ratio. more more gum yeah. 
there used to be a girl in high school uh, that my Jesus. brother that my brother dated. Well, he didn't date. He made out with her and all that, and he got teased for it. Everyone's like, "Oh, you made out with Gumby because that's <gasps> her name." Like, oh, that's mean. Yeah, but I mean, that's how, that's how people are. And what about the t- what's it like? Fake boobs. Fake boob. I've I've seen a lot of fake boob jobs, and there've maybe been three that have been exceptional. Where it's like I could either barely tell or couldn't tell, and they felt real and they're proportionate to the body. It's just so tastefully and perfectly done, like it was art. But most boob jobs are they're too big or they're lopsided, and they're very statuesque. You know, it's like the lips again. It's yeah. they're just hard. I've seen boob jobs where they rest right under the neck on the top of the chest and it looks like they're going to rise up and choke who they're on. (laughs) Give me small natural breasts that I can squeeze and feel over like a big solid like oleaginous fucking breasts that look like they're going to fucking burst and kill wildlife with you know, with the yeah. fluids inside of them. So what would your advice be to women like me that might be considering a bit of augmentation? Go conservative with it and uh, do your research with the doctor you're going to see and find a good frame of reference. So if you see someone with a great boob job, then you, like, find out who they went to. Right. And it's all that matters. Cause people, they try to cut corners when it comes to surgeries. Okay, what about being natural? What about, like, floppy tits? Like, it's I fine, like. as long as they're big old sagging milkers, it's great. <laughs> 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 because I used to have, the one bit of my body that I used to be fine about was my boobs, and then I had two kids, and now they just point down. Women, well, that's gravity and age coming, mm-hmm. like, it's, women should do what makes them feel sexiest, first of all. But, okay, like, I, agree. I think they go... A lot of women do get mentally caught up in the game of like what nipping and tucking and what can I fix and they get one surgery done and then they start looking for others. Yeah. It's like the same way people who cover themselves in tattoos, like yeah. they get bored and they're like, oh, I should go get a tattoo. And like a big fake butt, it feels like it's full of rubber cement. These jobs that look like they're meant to accentuate and exaggerate these, these proportions, uh, it's not soft, it's all hard. Nowadays, it's all gone. Cleanliness. Um, oh, man. Okay, so <laughs> so what puts you off cleanliness-wise? I mean, just apart from hygiene, I mean, a funky smell is always a killer. Why do men not wash their willies before they go on dates? Like, I mean, if you're expecting to get some action in, why would your penis smell of wee? Okay, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, some vaginas smell of wee, you know, because, like, some, maybe if they have to go pee during the date, but, like, you should always, like, wipe. Or, you should like, wash. Like, you will, if you want to okay, blow but job. Are, are you talking sorry, about guys with foreskins or no foreskins? Cause, well, particularly ones with foreskins. Yeah, because that the foreskin is less so, hygienic. Yeah. And I mean, it, it retains a scent. Hygiene, hygiene, hygiene. There's, I mean, there's no excuse. But there's for some people hygiene. who like foreskins because it retains smegma. And they like the, the saltiness and, and the cheesiness of, of a foreskin. They can nibble on it. No. Yeah. No. And kind of run it up against their gum. But you know, just have be clean, be clean in all aspects. You know, all like don't go I on a date and smell. Agree. It's just, I agree. Well, what I our oral hygiene is another one. Well, bad halitosis, bad breath. <gasps> yeah, 
I mean, I've, oh dear, no. I had a girl come over, I made the mistake of, I've learned the hard way is, if a girl says she wants to come over after work, make sure she stops off at home first, because... I've had a girl, I had a girl come over after work recently, and we had already had sex once before, and it was fine. She comes over straight from work, and she's wearing these tight khaki pants or whatever, and she comes, you know, things pick up, we go to my room, I pull them off, and I'm just hit, you know, how in cartoons when there's a fucking smell, there's like a foghorn. It's like, it's like, she takes the pants off, and it's like, hmm, fuck. And it was just, I'm like, I'm breathing through my mouth, like trying, because like, she's been running around at work all day, and her, you know, she's a little thicker. Thighs are rubbing up against each other and everything, and just generating friction and heat. And so, I mean, I made it work, but like I was looking away, like I was smothering my grandma with a pillow. I was like, no, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't bear to the, be faced with it. And I it just, I, I haven't seen her since. Okay, so we're almost at the end of the show, but it's time for a story from one of our listeners. And oh my goodness, this is brilliant. Thank you so much to Jason from Hartford in England. Have a listen to this one. I've been single for some time and... I remember meeting this girl in South Kensington in London, and I think she was Polish. She was blonde, and I'm not usually one who goes for blondes, but I was like, okay, here we are. And it was not long after I started working for a really high-end interior design company. And it was kind of like the dream job, and they had a showroom in Knightsbridge, and, (laughs) you know, it was just like everything I kind of wanted. And in their showroom, they had a bedroom that was a luxurious bedroom. It was it was so beautifully done. The world's most expensive bed in there. All this kind of stuff. So I got put on to Tinder by girls at work. And I got interest from this lady. And I met her. And we went for drinks and everything. And she got quite drunk. And she was saying, you know, we should get a hotel. And I said, I was thinking of money. Yeah, I, I want to spend Knightsbridge prices for hotels. I'm going to take you back to the showroom because we've got the world's most expensive bed. So we go back to the showroom. I have keys for, obviously, yeah. So we get back to the showroom. We go into the world's most expensive bed and, you know, start having a bit of fun together and everything. And we are butt naked. We're on the bed. <laughs> And she's on top of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lying there thinking, this is fucking great. What a night. And then I look up into the corner of the room and I see four cameras looking. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, holy shit. This is, that's it. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm, I'm, my job's over. My career's over because the directors are going to have me in the boardroom going, what the fuck is this? The next day, I kind of come to my senses and I was panicking so much. But did you actually sleep there the whole night, the two of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We slept there the whole night and then tried to make the bed in the morning. But 
the woman who was the um she's kind of like the showroom coordinator she came in the next morning i'm working she went someone slept in this bed last night <laughs> and i was like what she went yeah i can see there's a pubic hair <laughs> so i was like nah no one would do that and i'm in the back of my mind i'm thinking there's a videotape somewhere of me and this girl in my kind of just panic and desperation to like I just phoned the owner of the company and said, look, I stayed in the showroom last night with a girl and I'm so sorry. And, uh, and he was like, oh, that's all right. Those cameras don't even work anyway. <laughs> 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 because they're just dummy cameras. That is such a brilliant That was thought. the last time I dated on the internet. Oh my goodness, that is one of the best dating stories that I have ever heard. I hope you've been inspired by that to send in your dating stories or jokes or tips or whatever you want to send. We want to hear your voice. And if we use your voice on the show, we will send you a really nice gift in the mail. Please visit our website at accidentallymilf.com where you'll find all the information about how to send in your voice notes. You'll also find links to our social media as well as lots of other information and goodies. Well, we're almost at the end of the episode, but before we go, as usual, let's recap on what we've learned today. Actually, we've learned so much, but I'm just going to highlight three of the tips. Okay, number one hygiene 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 you can never pay too much attention to your hygiene when you're dating make sure you floss carry some wipes just really be aware that stinky people are not very sexy people number two if you go on a date it should be a fair exchange of questions you should be asking them questions and they should be asking you questions if that's not happening maybe it's time to reevaluate the situation and number three, if you decide to go on a date with a comedian, do not go to one of his shows unannounced unless you've got a thick skin. Okay, and we're going to have tons more tips as this season unfolds. If there's one cautionary dating story that I need you to hear, it's the story that I'm going to be telling you next week. Yes, it's entertaining, but it's also really dark. It has incredible twists and turns. And it's one of those stories that if you wrote it as a work of fiction, nobody would believe it. Ugh. It makes me shudder to think about it, actually. Johnny is going to be talking about when he fell in love. Oh, yes, our Johnny has actually been in love twice. And for us girls and any boys out there that want to know as well, we have got the definitive guide to how to give the perfect blowjob. Here's a sneak peek. The girls who... who end up giving bad blowjobs they, they're like oh well i saw mia khalifa or whoever you know suck dick like this so i'm gonna try to suck dick like that so i've had a soft dick before and they're like sucking it and they're trying to do like the choking motion like eh, eh, eh. <laughs> even hard like you're, what are you fake choking on my soft dick right now in the moment it just felt like oh my goodness i've just been sent this man and this is going to be my next life partner i really honestly honestly thought that this was it 
So then he suggested that we get a hotel. My kids were away with their friend at their friend's house overnight. Um, they weren't due back until the following day. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I know what it's like to love someone, but have that boredom set in physically and to masturbate before they get home so you don't have to <laughs> sleep with them. Even though you feel all the love in the world for them, but you just don't want to fuck them anymore. Days, it's all gone. Okay, if you've enjoyed this episode, we really would appreciate a nice review. And please subscribe to the podcast and, of course, tell all your friends about it. We really, really want to build a great, fun and supportive community that you are already a part of. We love having you here. Thank you so much to the team for being here. Thank you to Richard. Thank you to Freddie. Thank you to Johnny Tooties. But mostly thank you to you. Yes, you. So stay safe out there, everybody, especially when you're online dating. We'll be back again soon. Lots of love. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by the Fab Team at Glistening Productions. It was produced by Angela Smith and Jeff Tetro. Music is by Epidemic Sound and the theme music is by Ten Towers. Studio producer was Freddie Chopper. Studio engineer is the lovely Richard Venti. Consulting producer is Phil Parsons. Executive producers are Angela Smith and M. Jacoby. And I'm your host, Angel Bliss, with special guest Johnny Two Ts. Listening Productions. <laughs> <laughs>